Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. I usually say welcome, 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 but I have one special guest today, so I'm just going to say welcome. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. This is our longest-running series out of oh, almost 50 different Game Changers series. I'm very happy today to be joined by one of the sponsors of this wonderful series, and it's long-running because it's popular and because the world needs this information. Birgit Starmans is with me. She has a long title, so bear with me here. She's the global head of the Office of the CFO, Center of Excellence, Thought Leadership Strategy and Programs for Finance and Risk at SAP. Birgit, this would never have fit on a business card if you were still printing them. How are you? It actually does fit. How are you, Bonnie? <laughs> I, I had to print it out and it needs two lines, but it does fit, believe it or not. I'm happy to hear that. Birgit, with a title like this, I, I think everybody wants to know what you really do. What, what, what do your days <laughs> consume with? What, what's your job? Well, in my history with SAP, I've been with SAP over 21 years now, and before that, almost 10 years of consulting. But thought leadership is all about looking at trends in the marketplace and identifying those trends, seeing how SAP can help with those trends. And it involves a lot of writing, a lot of presenting, a lot of webinars, a lot of events, even though these days everything is virtual. And then also doing a lot of coordination with other teams at SAP because everybody does a bit of thought leadership. And so we want to make sure that different groups don't duplicate each other. And a lot of times, the more people that are working on an idea, the more creative you become. So I'm doing a lot of coordination when it comes to whether it's white papers that we publish, blogs, articles, whether it's... Uh, radio shows such as this one, and to really get the word out there, but not just features and function, but really taking a look at what are the greater trends that are happening in the environment. Thank you, Birgit. Now, today I have the privilege of speaking with you. I've recently spoken with your colleague, Pras Chatterjee, and we don't usually have these opportunities for one-on-one I'm not going to call it an interview conversation. So I'm happy that we can add this extra feature, this extra episode to your series. You started out, you sent me a quote. Not all of our Game Changers radio shows, our listeners around the world know. I always ask my panelists to send me a quote that on the surface has absolutely nothing to do with the topic of the show, the topic of the day, or the, the series title. And you sent me one from Grace Hopper. Let me give a tiny bit of background, and then I'll read the quote, and we're going to use this as our jumping off point today, Birgit, for our conversation. So Grace Brewster Murray Hopper, nay Murray, 1906 to 1992, was an American computer scientist and U.S. Navy Rear Admiral. She was one of the first programmers of the Harvard Mark I computer. Even I don't remember that. I was on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 in the mm, 19, mm, never mind. She was a pioneer of computer programming who invented one of the first linkers, and she popularized the idea of machine-independent programming language, which led to the development of of my favorite language, COBOL, ah. high-level programming language, still in use today. You think I could still get a job as a COBOL programmer, Birgit, if radio falls through? You know, first of all, radio is not going to fall through for you. And second of all, I'm not sure you'd want the jobs that are still working on COBOL. <laughs> 
You're probably right. I still have my COBOL Silver Handbook, though. I've I've been called back to do programming over the years, but not recently. You're probably right. Things have changed. Here's the quote from Grace Hopper that Birgit has very thoughtfully and very astutely selected. The most dangerous phrase in the language is, we've always done it that way. So, Birgit, give me a little overview of what we're going to be talking about, and then I, I have some things to read for you to respond to. Go ahead. Sure. When it comes to change, everyone is usually very resistant to change. And there are all these psychological studies that talk about that. The reason this quote spoke to me is because back in my consulting days, we would be doing an implementation. And then, for example, in finance, the customer would ask for a specific report. And so I would say, why do you need this report? And they said, well, we've always had it. And rewind play. Why do you need it? Well, we've always had it. Then I would turn the question around and say, what decision are you making based on the information in this report? Well, no, we've always had it. Okay, well, let me cross this report off the list of what we're going to implement, because if you're not using it for anything, then why bother? And the other thing is with change, because there's always a resistance to change, historically, we have done fairly lengthy change management projects, and they should go hand in hand with an implementation. But Right now, with the current economic and business and social crises, change is happening very, very quickly. So it's not something that we could have planned for that all of a sudden everyone is sheltering from home, for example. So all of a sudden, that change management has really been fast forwarded. So companies that initially said, well, you'll never be able to work from home because we need everybody in the office. Well, guess what? We've been managing to make that work, even without a long plan. So it's really a dichotomy of we need to quite a while to plan for change. And normally that's true, but this is not normally. So we've had to adapt to change much more rapidly and then do some of those tasks that we would normally do before a change. And we're doing them now. Thank you, Birgit. Great overview. And that was the first topic I was going to discuss with you. So I'm going to move on to the second one. Now, it's one thing to say, we have a change mindset and we have to change because as I say on many of our radio shows, We used to talk about disruption linked to the concept of technologies, disruptive technologies, new technology. Now everything is disrupted, production and workflow and the worker experience and the location and and is a business open and is it pivoting and is it going to reopen and how will that be? So everything's been disrupted. Technology is the underpinning of how you're going to get back in business, but it's no longer the disruptor. I think we agree with that. So let let me read a statement here and get your thoughts on this. Communication of the changes especially the why. Everybody wants to know personally, what is your why? Why do you exist? What's your passion? Why do you do what you do? Especially the why. And executive buy-in are key to overcoming a resistance to change, which we may be seeing now. Realistically, employees are often, we know, fearful of losing their jobs and resistant to change. Tell me more within the context, Birgit, please, of the finance team. Well, for finance, historically for finance and risk, it's very rare to see a finance or risk team work remotely. Uh, Part of it was because of data concerns, um, making sure the information does not go public too quickly, and just having that group be able to discuss things. And all of a sudden, we do have to do it from home, and it's not like we're doing deliveries or anything like that. So it really is a function that really lends itself to working from home. That communication is super important because otherwise a lot of fear comes up in pretty much the entire company. Or if one department is starting to lead the charge when it comes to change, but there's no executive buy-in, they're going to be nervous about being out there on a limb. So if executives can 
communicate their commitment to change. That's really important. And to do that on a regular basis. For example, with SAP, we're hearing from you know, not just the office of the CEO, but we're also hearing from regional. We're hearing from our own managers. So it's really changes are being communicated every single level. And I think that gives everybody more of a comfort factor. Oh my God, I'm working from home. Um, does that put me into a line of fire? And there's definitely a commitment and support that I'm feeling being an employee, that you know, the company's got my back, it's got everyone's back, and they're concerned about our security. And the other thing about communication is that knowing the why. So if you think about a typical implementation project, and we're inserting a lot of new things, and for finance, that can be very scary. We're doing machine learning, we're doing predictive analysis. So there's less manual number crunching. And then the finance team says, well, now what am I going to do? And we want them to focus on more value-added items. We don't want them necessarily to think, well, we're automating this particular task, then we don't need you anymore. Well, now we need you to do something different and something that will add more value to the company. And I'll have to share with you a little story back from my consulting days again. There was one company where apparently previously the consultant was more of a strategic consultant, so it wasn't one of the implementation companies, and they were using the words best practices. And that got turned around into massive layoffs. So by the time we got there and wanted to talk about industry best practices or finance best practices, they couldn't hear the word because they were so afraid that they were going to be laid off. So we had to say, well, this is an industry standard way of doing things and just play with the words a little bit. Luckily, now best practices has a more positive meaning that this is the way that we can move forward and have better KPIs and better operating margins and a better cost of finance and all of those different good things that you can evaluate. But again, the why is very important. The why can't be, well, we want to lay you off. The why has to be, and a lot of times that involves additional training that has to happen because somebody who's usually used to working on an Excel sheet is now working on more interactive technologies, but it, it can also make them very much more productive and very much more strategic. Thank you, Birgit. People used to be worried about being replaced by robots and bots and by AI and and uh, automated beings or or organisms or almost organisms that were going to put them out of work. And and now the question is, am I superfluous? Am I not needed if I'm working remotely? And uh, speaking with, I think speaking with your colleague, Pras Chatterjee, he said, and you said, it it just isn't in the cards for finance to be working remotely. They've been in the trenches, really. Used to be, Birgit, I'm sure you remember or you heard about this, when finance was in the basement with the green banker's lamp and the eye shade working late hours at night, putting together their spreadsheets for their (laughs) rear view mirror reporting. Everybody, what what happened the last six months? Well, we'll be done in a couple of weeks, right? And then that changed and real-time analytics came in and real-time insights came in and they had to go through that change management but not be replaced. They needed to relearn, they needed to reskill and upskill, and management needed to bring that in, adopt it, foster it, support it, and make sure people came along. So Birgit, any any closing thoughts on how the way finance is working has changed very quickly and the impact going forward? What do you see as the future of the way of work for the people you work with? Oh, one thing I wanted to pick up on when you said, well, there are all these change bots and AI. The thing about uh, artificial intelligence, I, was, I see companies saying, all right, you're going to give me a suggestion on a very 
transactional level, I'm clearing an open item. And they're more than happy to allow the system to go ahead and just post it. But with a lot of the predictive scenarios, because there are many different options that you could take, for example, in an M&A scenario, who do I buy? Do I want to buy anybody? Do I want to build it on my own? What are the financial implications of such a strategic decision? The AI software and predictive software can make a suggestion, but you still want to apply some human thought behind that. So I wanted to pick up on that that point that you said, but I would say still, I come back to communication, communication, communication. And I think now that we've proven that we can actually work remotely and we still don't have access to either more or less information than we're supposed to, I think we've proven that it can be done. So I think it's going to change the landscape going forward, not just for right now, and then we're all going to go back to work and say, you can't ever work from home again. I think we've proven that we can do it and that we're very resilient even with all of these external factors pushing down on us. So I think we've learned a lot, even though some of the change management has come after the fact, but hopefully we'll be able to implement those types of change management projects more quickly going forward as well. I love the optimism. Birgit Starman's any parting words for keep doing what you're doing and keep learning and keep growing and be on the cutting edge of what the technology is that your company needs you to do, regardless of where you're working. Any, any final parting words of, Optimism, Birgit. <laughs> Always be optimistic. And I think remain flexible. I think that, that's the biggest, biggest catchword also. Don't become mired into now I can only work from home. I think there's a happy balance when it comes to anything. So I would say flexibility is going to be a key point, And that ties very nicely into change management as well. And I'm going to add another word. Be ready. Be ready for wherever it takes you. Stick with the job, stick with the company, and be ready for that change. For surprises, it could be a good thing. Birgit Starmans, I'm so happy to have this opportunity to get you all alone and speak to you and find out what's on your mind and all of your wonderful years of of interesting stories and experiences in the field. Um, Are there a lot of women in finance today, Birgit? Is it wide open? Actually, there are a lot of women in finance, yes. So I I would say we don't really have the issue of that we're underrepresented in general. So Mm -hmm. it's really nice to see. And I think a lot of that's also coming up with with newer generations because there are more women that have studied this and they're ready to go in the workforce from day one. Well, I was very pleased you picked a quote from Rear Admiral Grace Hopper, one of the early women in programming. I was accused or labeled and probably in a very complimentary way as being an early woman in technology a couple of months ago. Somebody said to me, Bonnie, when you were a programmer back in the 19th, you were an early woman in tech. And I said, I I never thought about it. I needed to go to work. I took a couple of extra degrees and I was a programmer for the state of Oregon. And who knew I was early anything? I needed a job and I loved what I did. So it's just interesting to see women and where we weren't supposed to necessarily be in these fields and here we are Birgit you are an icon you are never say not supposed to (laughs) there there you go well times have changed Birgit Starman's continue to be you to be smart to be savvy to be on the cutting edge of all of this and continue to be a role model for so many women who want to be just like you smart and knowing what's going on and I appreciate your time so Birgit we're going to wave goodbye and let's say goodbye to the Financial Excellence with Game Changers audience. You are hearing us on Voice America, the business channel, but you may get an opportunity to see the video that we're making right now. So, Birgit, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bonnie. (laughs) 
Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.